Fancy seeing you here. Uh, hello, and welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. I am Steve McJones, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm back in Lebanon. You know, it's kind of nice. Back in my hometown. We're on winter break right now, and uh, it's just interesting because I have a, a new pick of people to, to choose from when I'm you know, deciding who to record with and whatnot. So, uh, uh, my friend Adam Ott uh, goes to University of Cincinnati, and he is a uh, very he's really intelligent guy. I think he uh, he has a, a pretty unique background. I think uh, with his family, which is what we mostly talk about, um, and their involvement in the mob, which you will you know you'll find out <laughs> in the episode. But uh, yeah, he's also you know integrated with a lot of different types of people. He's a bouncer as well, so he meets a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, I just think he, he gives a, a unique perspective on, on things, and, uh, really cool guy. So, yeah, I'm excited for you to hear what he has to say and, like, his background. It's actually really crazy, uh, to me that, you know, where he comes from and who he's related to. Uh, but yeah, we, we get into it, and, uh, yeah, enjoy. So, Adam, how do you didgeridoo? I didgeridoo okay. <laughs> okay, that was me playing the didgeridoo on a, um, a wrapping paper tube. <laughs> uh, anyways, we have Adam Ott here, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Ott. What's up? Welcome Yo. to the podcast, man. I'm glad so, to be here. you know, we've uh, we've talked about doing this for a while, which yeah. is pretty cool. I'm glad you finally, I'm finally back in Lebanon, so oh, it's oh. cool to cool to be back. And, 100%. Uh, yeah, we can get this done, and uh, maybe get, you know, for uh, when you come up for the fest, maybe we should do another one. Depends okay. how this one goes, you know, if you're good enough. This is like a like a trial run. Well, sure, yeah, <laughs> like a trial run. Anyways, so I heard that you were in the mob. Not quite, <laughs> but pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Pretty close. What's the uh, What's the story behind that? Why? What What is your involvement in the mob, Adam? Um, well, my involvement is name base alone. Um, so my family is what, uh, a lot of people would call mob adjacent, meaning that we're not in the mob, but parts of my family were related to the mob and mob maybe, mob. yeah, we're a little bit more involved. Well, in the so is there a mob parallel uh, or would that just be in a different mob? I think that would just be everyone else would be mob parallel, <laughs> mob right? Parallel. You're like, mob adjacent. <laughs> mob yeah. adjacent. And then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so my uncle. Uh, named Dan Ott, uh, used to live in Youngstown, and Youngstown? he got yeah, yeah, and he got kind of involved. I guess there was pockets of the mob there. That's where they had a lot of their chop shops for cars. Um, so my uncle, in Ohio, to, Youngstown, Ohio. Yes, Youngstown, Ohio. See, yeah. like I never even knew that about Youngstown, dude. Like I didn't know there was even mob in Ohio. <laughs> I always just thought it was like a New York, a New York homeland. <laughs> yeah, no, Youngstown. Youngstown's kind of crazy, and to my knowledge, Youngstown is still kind of crazy. I, I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. Huh. Um, I don't know if the mob's still there or not. <laughs> no, I know they were in the seventies. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah, that's so, crazy. So he came from, I don't know, I guess you could say rough beginnings, so he learned how to steal cars at a young age. And That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he got... Uh, he Talk got, about hood rash shit with your friends. Oh, dude. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was smart, so he got, like, his pilot's license, which was... Really? I mean, that can't be easy, right? Yeah, so, when you're stealing cars. Oh, uh, 100%. He's crafty, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I guess he, uh, you know, eventually met up with some guys that got him connected with 
mob members and they were like hey you know you steal us cars specifically corvettes um bring them to the chop shops we'll pay you a lot of money mm-hmm. uh and you don't even got to worry about it it's just cash. mob mentality yeah dude. <laughs> it's pretty pretty strong stuff there <laughs> but they're like yeah it's just cash you know you don't got to worry about it we'll take care of you um and so he started stealing cars and throughout his career it, it was like a, a thousand cars Ooh. four planes and if um, i recall if i recall you just researched this am i am i, wrong? <laughs> am I wrong? yeah 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 i looked it up to get the numbers exact <laughs> instead of saying a lot of cars oh yeah you know, a, whole, was, a whole bunch <laughs> he stole was, a lot <laughs> but it was over a thousand four planes heavy equipment so like Caterpillars, construction equipment. Um, uh, I know there was some RVs, like some mobile homes. Um, yeah, and and he would just bring them there. They chop them up, sell the parts. And as far as I know, this dude was just rolling in money. You right. know what I mean? Well, so wait, so was he the one doing the actual acts of stealing them? Like yes. Every and you said planes too. Yes. Because he had his pilot's license. You're, wow. Yeah. How do you s- steal a plane without anybody noticing? See, I don't know, because they're personal planes. Oh, yeah. So if I had a personal plane. Yeah, I would know. <laughs> I'm keeping it, know. like, in my backyard. Right. I'm, like, making sure. Yeah. But then if plane. it's in your backyard, then that's where it's probably easiest to steal. If it was at, like, a hangar. That's a good point. You know, yeah. Under lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, um, you know, I, I don't want to make my uncle out to be too bad of a guy. He served a lot of time in prison. <laughs> he bounced around prison to prison, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, and he ended up in a penitentiary. He stole me a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they got him. Yeah. But uh, he spent some time out in L.A. during the time that, like, the Hells Angels motorcycle gang mm-hmm. was, like, a big deal. Like, when they were actually scary. Oh, I f- forgot about that. Yeah, to uh, my Hells Angels... I don't really know that much about them. Yeah. Like, that was in L.A., so they were obviously pretty big. And yeah, it was yeah. still a big city back then. Yeah. Okay. And they, think, were, they would just ride around and just, like, fuck with people. <laughs> I think it was similar to, like, a normal kind of gang. I, I mean, I I know they had, like, shootouts. I know they robbed people. I mean, it Rumbles. was like... Yeah. <laughs> barroom brawls. Do it for John. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think they were great people. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, fair, fair. And so just as far as i suppose gang code would go yeah uh you could never ever ever wear something that represents yourself of that gang and then not be in it right like so, the, like crips and bloods you yeah, know, yeah like, yeah, the, like if, if you wear red down in sensei uh, yeah if you're not in the bloods and you say you're in the bloods you're probably gonna have some problems you're gonna, with actual you're gonna be blood e and then you're you're like six nine <laughs> <laughs> and then you and then you got to be a rat then you gotta be a rat you. and yeah. that's another rule you just have to one rule broken leads to other broken rules. Oh, 100%. Sad story. 100%. And broken hearts. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, so, he's hanging out in a bar, and this guy walks up, and he's wearing his Hells Angel stuff, and I guess they talk for a couple minutes, but it wasn't really extensive, and he walks out of the bar, and my uncle stays. A couple minutes later, some real big dudes, actual Hells Angels, come in, and they're like, hey, uh, have you seen anybody in here wearing our stuff? And uh, my uncle goes, well... I'm not 100% sure. Wow. If I remember, uh, you know, maybe something could help me remember. So they slide him some money. And, oh, really? You know, Smart yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah, he's getting something out of it. You know, it. he's getting something out of it. Crafty, like I right. said earlier. Right. <laughs> um, so then he tells him which way he went and didn't think much else about it. I guess he leaves the bar uh, a little bit later. And uh, dude was having a time of it in the back alley with uh, the two actual Hells Angels. Yeah. So he doesn't know what happened to him after that. Like the, the fella that was wearing the stuff that he shouldn't have been wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but he, he didn't kill him necessarily. He yeah. just took the guy's... To him, I suppose. Yeah. Pointed him in the right direction. He least. assisted. He, yes. He set assisted. up the assist. Assisted, for right. sure. 
Um, so I guess with being involved in the mob, going in and out of jail, um, they there was like some infighting going on uh, where eventually somebody straps a bomb to this rival carjacker, car chopper, whatever you want to call him, straps a bomb to the car. So when he turns the key in his ignition, his car explodes. Jeez, um, so yeah. he's obviously mad. Yeah. He wants <laughs> yeah. to get back he's at little, the guy. Yeah, he's, a yeah, he's a little pissed. Right. And so he wants to get back at the guy that planted the bomb. So he reaches out to my uncle and he says, I'll give you, I think I think the total was like 15 grand or something like that, which not a lot of money. But he yeah, says, to, you like, knock this guy off. Yeah, take care know, of him. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay you. And so um, according to my uncle in his testimony, <laughs> he said he never had any plans on on killing the guy, he might have set him up with a contact to kill him, but like he wasn't going to personally kill him. Again, with the assist. Uh, yeah, with the assist. He's, right. a, he's a nice guy, apparently. Yeah, yeah, um, Couldn't do it himself. <laughs> but his non-willingness to help, I guess, was enough to make the guy whose car blew up mad. Mm-hmm. So he puts out a hit on my uncle. Ooh. So the problem with my uncle being named Dan Ott is that my father's name is also Dan Ott, and there's multiple Ott families in the Youngstown, Cleveland, Ohio area. Like right. Northern, northern Ohio, there's quite a few of them, and only one of them's mine. Um, but there's multiple Dan Otts. Yeah. Uh, well, did, did your brother or your dad have an, um, a lot of brothers or sisters? Like uh, He had two, two brothers and one sister. Oh, okay. So, not, so not too yeah, much. this is actually my great uncle, I, uh, I guess I should say. I've been saying uh, uncle, but... Okay, so how many, like, actual people, like, Ott families are probably related? Probably related? I, as far as, like, the branch goes, there's just, everybody has the last name. It's like a Johnson. You're not, like, related yeah. to all the Johnsons. You just have the same last name. Yeah. I guess that's just the same thing with those pockets of, like, Polish and German heritage that all kind of melts in Cleveland. <laughs> there was just multiple of them. Just a whole bunch of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so he puts out a hit on my uncle. And uh, two guys go to get my uncle, Dan Ott. Um, but they find the wrong Dan Ott, and they break into this dude's house. And uh, I guess they don't listen to him, and I guess they were told to kill any witnesses. So they kill the guy, and they kill his wife. Um, but they missed. <laughs> they missed my uncle. So he flees. Um, so just some random guy. Yeah, unfortunately, he got... Dude, you, that caught. guy, like, he just, by having that name... Nah, like, man, just, just like, sleeping. He just was sleeping, sleep. too. Oh, that's not a bad way to go out, you know. Well, but they woke him up. <laughs> oh. So that's well, the that's worst the, way that's to the, go. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> like, that actually, yeah, that'd be yeah. super scary. You're mad you got woken up out of your sleep to begin with, and then he's got a shotgun. And, and then you like, gotta die after like, that? God, damn, damn it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst alarm clock. Yeah. But, um... The whole time this is going on, um, he's getting thrown into jail for like little like petty things, but there was never any sort of an idea that this was such a large scale operation and there was like legit, you know, like murder and gang violence going on and it was all kind of surrounding my uncle, even though he wasn't necessarily the ringleader, he certainly wasn't helping. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, the FBI does a wiretap. And they hear him talking about certain illegal activities. And they're like, all right, you know, we'll keep an eye on this guy. It's just talk. Um, And then they do an audit. And uh, they see that he has this huge house. And he's raising these thoroughbred horses. And and he's just, he's living this life. And he he has multiple Corvettes. And every time he's went to jail, his wife doesn't have a job. But but they just still have money coming in. And and they can't figure out where. 
for his loyalty and he never gave anyone up in the mob that was one of the reasons that he went to the penitentiary actually at such an old age and for so long yeah um was because he just refused to give people up and for his loyalty the mob Class? just that's a bro yeah, that's a bro yeah. right there. i mean uh, yeah Ain't no some respect exactly. if, if, if nowhere else some respect on that i suppose yeah, yeah um but the mob was just funding you know his his wife's lifestyle and they were like you know you you don't say anything and everything and you won't say anything you won't say and everything will hey, stay good. Hey, listen here. No, that's, yeah, that's, so how does that involve your life, though? Because um, when the Dan, Big Dan T thing happened. Yeah, so when the Big Dan, <laughs> that's Dan from, T uh, happens. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? I don't uh, know if you've ever seen that. But it's a couple of times. A couple of times. Anyways. But when the Big Dan T happens, <laughs> um, my family with my dad, Dan Ott, um, mm. it just so happened that we were both trying to leave Cleveland as a whole just because the spot that we were living wasn't that great um combined with the fact that all of a sudden it was kind of dangerous to be <laughs> an ot uh much more a dan ot yeah um we moved and so we moved to maryland for a bit and then huber heights and then to lebanon and we stayed out of the city for a while um mm. which was kind of tough because my grandpa lived in the cleveland area and it's not that we couldn't go up and see him necessarily it was just these guys hadn't the guys that knocked off the wrong Dan Ott still mm. had not been caught yet. Ooh. So there was still, I mean, these people were still alive that yeah. were putting out hits and stuff like and that. So, yeah. yeah, 100%. So it just wasn't, it wasn't the time, I suppose. Mm. Um, but the the uh, two, I don't know what you want to call them, assassins? Murderers? The assassins. <laughs> I mean, assassins, I guess. <laughs> Makes it sound like <laughs> it does. medieval. Like, it really does. They just scythe something. <laughs> but uh, they were eventually arrested. So so now it's cool to be in to yeah. be in Cleveland. That yeah. was fine. But where do you think that the, the bridge happened between assassin and like hitman? I think it depends <laughs> how you do it. I think <laughs> how, and how you, professional <laughs> you are about it. Fair. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're like fancy and like yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if you're like an expensive hitman. Yeah, like hitman. If, if you're on top of a roof with like a with like a sniper rifle mm -hmm. and you, you got somebody from like 18 football fields. Yeah. You're an assassin. Right. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're walking up on somebody with a baseball bat, you're a hitman. You know? <laughs> Fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it comes with the hit, you know? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. All and right. if you're wearing a suit while you're doing it, I feel like assassins have like... Assassins have suits or, or hitmen have suits? Like no, hitmen have suits, don't they? Yeah, that's what I'm they? thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Assassins have like gear. I don't, I don't know. know. Like a hood. Like yeah. a cloak <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's all black. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, it's all black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's not awesome. But yeah, that's, so that's, right. that's kind of fucked up. Like, do you think... I don't know. Do you think like tendencies with... I don't know, like, like morally, do you think that those kind of decisions maybe, not that you would turn out as a bad person <laughs> or anything or try to do anything, but, I mean, is there any other instances within the Ott family of criminal behavior or anything? <laughs> um, as far as, like, criminal behavior goes, I have a cousin who's um, my uncle, Dan Ott, the, the thief, the notorious car thief. Yeah. Uh, his son um, apparently is still involved in organized crime really? um possibly to a worse degree uh, i don't remember his name i've never met him probably I've never seen him yeah <laughs> i have no idea what this guy does uh that's just what i've been told from my father and that would seem like where he wanted to drop the to just drop it, yeah. yeah he was like hey you got some bad family members you know don't don't talk to him and you'll be all right yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. In all honesty, though, how cool would it be to be, like, the godfather? <laughs> oh, 100%. My, my uncle reached out to my family after he got 
out of the penitentiary. Really? Uh, he was yeah, he was living in Michigan. Um, is he out now? Yeah, yeah, he's out oh. currently, and to my knowledge, still alive. I haven't gotten word that he's died yet, but I also I've only met him once. Yeah. Um. So. Where I was going well, yeah, we were just talking. I was like, wouldn't it be cool to be like, a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, but he, he reached out to my family, and uh, my mom answered the phone accidentally and <laughs> hung up and then blocked the number. Uh, so I have no idea what he's doing either. Uh-oh. He could be dead. I, I have no idea. Fair personally. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's crazy that there's still, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it definitely sounds like there's still. I mean, I know he was in the penitentiary for how much longer, but like you said, your cousin is mm-hmm. in the mob kind of right now as well. Like, I didn't even know there was still stuff like that going on, you know? Really, I didn't either, but it, I, I guess it runs in the family, at least that little branch of the family. <laughs> There's so only they, the odds left <laughs> doing mob work out there they, they keep finding ways, I guess, <laughs> just moving with the times. How do you think mobs tie in with, like, I mean, there's different types of gangs, right? So, like, sure. uh, you know, inner city gangs, like Bloods or Crips or whatever, mm-hmm. was kind of thing. <laughs> uh, like, how do you think that ties in? Do you think they acknowledge each other? Do you think they're in a similar business? And also, on top of that, like, bigger, like, like uh, Colombian drug dealers or, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a Mexican? I don't know. I don't know where else. I don't know where else, I don't know where else drug dealers come from, but I'm for sure about Colombia. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how active the mob is anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm aware that they still have some chop shops around. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Youngstown still has some of those remnants. I mean, I don't see, it wasn't that long ago that all this happened. So I, I would assume that there's something going on in Youngstown. Um, so I think they stick mostly to the business of like stealing, chopping cars, and then uh, moving drugs. Because that was why my uncle stole the personal planes. Uh, he would sell them to people who wanted to move uh, drugs across borders and wanted to do it, you know, without uh, so anyone the, being aware. There's the tie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bit. So lots of cocaine and weed, and right? Pretty much anything else you can. But yeah, yeah. I I just find it interesting that you know. I mean, I've only seen The Godfather, so this is me <laughs> like basing everything off of that. But like, it seemed like. The mob especially has a lot of pull in, like, not, like, the government, kind of, but just bigger players in the game kind of thing. And it seems like almost the opposite of, like, the gangs, you know, like, just, like, inner city gangs, because there's not, like, anything controlling them. They're just raised to be like that, you know? Yeah. It's almost like a (laughs) hooligan-type shenanigans that ends in, like, murders, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But it's weird how two separate backgrounds like that kind of form something similar, you know? That's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where you think if they spoke to one another or <laughs> didn't have a prior prejudice, they'd realize how similar their situations are right? and could, I don't know, maybe even help each other out. But it's one of those things that it just seems like there's never a connect for mm. one reason or another. But the mob thing's interesting with like the Irishman just coming out and how supposedly JFK was put in office. They really pushed that narrative hard. Oh, you know? I haven't seen the Irishman. Oh, yet. well, you'll have to watch it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard. Uh, it's like three and a half hours, dude. I gotta oh, take like long. a day. A day. <laughs> you gotta stop halfway. And, like, That's what everybody says. Is like, get you gotta a drink. <laughs> you gotta take just a sip of water or two. Something. Yeah, something. <laughs> you do that. But we actually talked about that uh, on Logan Marshall's podcast. Sweet. About how, like, Mar- that's Martin Scorsese's like newest film, right? Mm-hmm. And how he it's it's almost like people called him out for like selling out to Netflix or whatever. When in reality, 
nobody else would pick it up because it was such a long movie. They said nobody would want to watch it. They wouldn't want to release it in theaters. So he just went to Netflix with it because that's, I mean, and like streaming sites are like the new thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but that doesn't really tie into the model. <laughs> I just that's thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That, um, that Martin, even Martin Scorsese of all names with all the big actors like De Niro is in it and everything. Yeah. Um, well, that's an interesting avenue maybe. Do you think like, you know, like Al Pacino and all, and like even Robert De Niro, they portray yeah. all these like Italian mobsters. Yeah. Do you think they, they probably have like met some people in oh, like 100%. gangs and stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's no way that they haven't gotten some coaching from somebody. You know <laughs> what I mean? They showed up to a loan shark's office and yeah. <laughs> just talked with them for a little bit. Yeah, there's I no way. need to get some, some background on it. Yeah, them. it's yeah. pretty close, but like my family specifically, nothing to do with like the, the ethnic side. That's uh, why we're considered mob adjacent because uh, my family couldn't be right. not Italian. They just want to do criminal shit. Yeah, they're just like down <laughs> for the hooligan shit. <laughs> Not for like the whole respect thing. Yeah, no, nah, they're not so much. Like, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, where do you think, like mobs? You know, you said it's like kind of dying out in Ohio. Do you think it's dying out in general? I like even in New York, or like, is it? Do you think that'll stay strong for at least until like America dies? <laughs> I think as long as you can pinpoint certain areas where these. Long, these like long-standing families have been in these areas for years and years and years, and it's all tied together in a in a different way. It's like a it's like a little Italy kind of thing in mm-hmm. Cleveland. That's not it's not like there's mobsters in Little Italy, but it was a pocket where a lot of Italian immigrants settled, right. um, and they kind of brought in their own ways. And in the same way that the um, black communities are devastated by uh, violence against one another, I, I mean, in a lot of ways, the same thing was perpetuated against a lot of those immigrants who were just trying to find a place to settle. So in my opinion, as long as you have these pockets um, of these longstanding powerful families, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's going to be something Or these going corrupted, on. like, um, food deserts and, and yeah, stuff like well, that Yeah, well, 100%. As, well. as long as there's a... As long as there's a need... Or not, or not a need, but a necessity, I suppose, yeah. for that kind of way of life, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't see it disappearing right. fully. Do you have any ideas on how to get rid of this? Because I know we've talked about this before. We have. And you've come up with some pretty good ideas. Uh, yeah, as far as um, not so much mob-related, I guess it would be just <laughs> inner-city um, ghetto and poverty, right. uh, just in general. Um, I personally am going to college to be a teacher, a history teacher specifically. Nerd. Um, and I've, I've done some volunteer work in some of uh, the inner-city schools around uh, you see, and I personally think that education is the way to go. Um, you can't you can't tell somebody who has nothing to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That's something that I hear so much, especially in our current political landscape. Yeah. Um, with everything being so polarized, you know, uh, it's a how can you tell someone to pull the if you don't own boots? How can you pull up your own bootstraps? Right. And it's not an easy problem to fix, but there has to be a certain level of understanding of how to build wealth and how to how to get yourself ahead and sustain that wealth. But the problem is it's so hard because there's not 
even anything to start with. Yes, there's nothing to start with, so it's hard to, to tell your kids to go to a nice school when you can't afford it, and there's a and there's a dress code, and and you're so far away from the school, and no buses come through your neighborhood because the bus maps are based off of um, what banks consider high risk areas. So so if you live in a high risk area, you might not even get a metro stop. Mm. And then it's like how you can't afford a car. There's no buses coming through, and then you tell those same people to go get a job. <laughs> It's like there's no jobs. It's all been gentrified. You've pushed these people out of where they did have jobs and they did have local-owned businesses and they had their own community and you decided to put a stadium there. <laughs> so yeah. in my opinion, it's it's got to be education and um, you have to get a greater voice for those people in local politics. Right. On a, Everyone's so focused on this upcoming election, and it's important, don't get me wrong, everybody needs to turn out to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but you but think it's, more people need to pay attention to local politics. Yes, local is politics really is, is where your vote really matters. Right. You know what I mean? It's where you can where you can make significant change in your community. Mm-hmm. And if you're not brought up with an educational background that that pushes you to succeed and to dream for more and get involved and you can change the world, then then you're just creating an endless cycle yeah. of poverty. And, Shit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's what drives people to this gang violence. It's not like they're bad people. Yeah. It's it's what else are you supposed to do? Um, Dave Chappelle has this bit where he's, like, talking to his dad and he's just, like, pissed off because he's, like, it's so cold <laughs> and, like, you know, his dad is, like, We'll put on some clothes. And he's like, I have all three of my outfits on, Dad. <laughs> but he's just like, I fucking hate being poor. He, like, says that kind of in front of his dad, but not to him. And then his dad mm-hmm. is like, son, look at me. Listen, poor is a mentality, and it will get you nowhere in life. And you are not poor. You are broke. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But it's, it's true. It's true, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So, I mean, I think... That's something that needs to be integrated. Like, that is, that's a good dad, you know, right? That, yes. Like, even though they are poor or broke, I guess, yes. they, you know, he, he still finds a way to at least support his son kind of thing and, like, mentally kind of stimulate him for, you know, set him up for a better life than just accepting that, like you said, like, gentrified kind of lifestyle and, mm-hmm. like, food desert type of thing. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that needs to be, like, and I'm not saying there are a lot of bad parents out there, but when you're a gang member that's a dad, you know, it's like, it's already hard. You know, you want to keep your family safe in the first place, so you kind of just run away. But it's just crazy how you got to have that good mindset to, to, to teach. That's what like a you lot said, of it it's is, almost in teaching as well. Yeah, it's that's what a lot of it's driven by. It's just survival instincts. You're trying to provide for yourself and your family, mm-hmm. hopefully, and... Uh, you know, when, you, when you're a teacher and you come out of school, the government will offer to absolve you of your student loans if you go to teach in these high-risk schools or high-need schools, I suppose, which are normally in high-risk areas. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a great deal, and it sounds like where you can make some real impact, and I personally am supportive of that. But uh, you'll get educators in the field who will tell you not to do it and just pay your student loans um, because the the schools are just so bad and so underfunded and um it's i don't know it's really sad it is is really sad it's really sad and it's weird because i mean to relate it back it's almost like the opposite of the mob now that we've kind of like gotten into it circle yeah it's like they they don't like the mob is like 
so like so the the gang members like in the in the inner cities are kind of so tied together because of the of the shit that they've been through and kind of like how they can't get out of it whereas the mob it's still you can't get out of it but it's just this like more attractive lifestyle of 100%. like because you know they actually have power and like free reign within mm-hmm. the cities and everything and it's like you said it's like they're it's like almost similar except one is like actually able to kind of blend in with the, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the community around them whereas mm-hmm. the other like you said they're labeled like high risk or mm-hmm. or whatever and it's a uh, i think it's a lot to do with just the the family structure as a whole if mm-hmm. you're talking about from like a, a cultural thing like italian families are known for being huge that's yeah. that's kind of the point true, so true. so this is like these are your family members these are people you grew up with these are the people that you, you have to you trust. ride for exactly yeah. so you have a greater network mm-hmm. as a whole than being a black child to a single mother in a in a project home it's yeah. you don't have any sort of a support group at that point you're kind of left up to your own devices and right and that's when you kind of find yourself in trouble and you gotta you gotta pull your bootstraps up <laughs> <laughs> if you can even afford those boots yeah if you can afford them man that's yeah that's rough man but i mean i'm glad that i don't know has do you think it's affected like your your life at all just hearing and knowing that you're related to this person at all um, it used to scare my mom for a long time, uh, <laughs> just because she, she worries a lot, yeah. but for me, well, as moms do, as moms do. Yeah. But for me personally, other than, you know, some awkward tension at family functions, whenever, <laughs> whenever those do happen, yeah. um, if, if the names ever brought up, people can get kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then it wasn't until I was older that I figured out why. Uh, but overall, no, I haven't had any mobsters calling me or anything <laughs> like that, but but maybe that's what they want me to say. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's just like, there's actually a gun uh, right behind your head yeah. right now. Your like, van's not outside. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. It's completely gone. Um, well, yeah, the, I, I just, like I said, this is like completely new to me. Like, I haven't like talked to anybody who has like any involvement or like even really reads up on that sort of stuff anymore. And kind of like, I know that, like I said, like The Godfather is a big film. Mm-hmm. And I know it's it's a, portray- a good portrayal of, um, you know, that that line of crime. Yeah, at the height of it, for sure. The height of it, for sure. But, like, I don't, you know, being in an Ohio, you're just so <laughs> separated from everything. Yeah, right? that, you feel so distant. You think it's like New York yeah. or, like, or, I mean, even L.A., apparently, with the the Hells Angels or something yeah. like that. And, and you just, it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Youngstown, mm-hmm. not that far away. Not that far away. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy, especially now, like, the, um, the heroin epidemic, dude, oh, within Ohio. Like, whoa, like, I feel like that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, within these past, like, three years. And it's because, not because it did come out of nowhere, but it's because they kept it, like, hidden for mm-hmm. so long, you know? It's, yeah. like, it, it's just crazy to me that there's, like, these massive, like, cover-ups that oh, yeah. nobody even, like, talk, talks about or acknowledges, really. Living in the information age uh, brings a lot of these things to light, mm-hmm. I think. But in another way, it's it's kind of strange that we don't know more about these things as they go on. Yeah. It's not that hard to, to find out, out, but it's yeah. not pushed it's not mm-hmm. um it's not headline grabbing i suppose yeah clickbait it's not yeah clickbait. it's not clickbait until <laughs> it's so huge that it's clickbait that and it's, it's kind of too late it's kind of the same way with uh global warming <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's like, the exact same way with global yeah, yeah, warming yeah. if it's not clickbait you know if the amazon fires didn't happen you know oh, yeah. you don't want to know about the amazon yeah come on you just fires. don't want to think about it we'd rather yeah, think about something exactly like. and what's the crazy thing is that all these like social networks are just designed to make you think you're connecting with a lot of people when really you're just seeing the same like 300 people 
retweet and like talk about the same thing. Oh yeah. So you're really just in the same community. It's similar interests to yourself, mm-hmm. which is kind of a problem just because you could have like a, a cycling of ideas where you don't really grow necessarily. Exactly. You don't have any new thoughts going in through your input and output exactly. like throughout your life. Yeah. And that fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a smart person, you can find ways to get new perspectives, like have Adam on, on your sure. podcast. Or, yeah, <laughs> talk about mobsters that you don't know about. Yeah. Has this been a downer episode? Uh, it's been a little bit of a downer. Yeah, I'm trying to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> That's my bad. That's my no, bad. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough subject. It's a rough one. But, you know, it's like... I guess it's been informative. I think that's what I really want to go for a lot of the time. I do want to keep it kind of lighthearted, oh, but for sure. but you know we've we've had some little chuckles here. Some yucks. Some yucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I it just it, it's like it's one of those. You ever have those conversations where you just end up and you're, the end of the conversation where all you can go is like, well, the world's gone to shit. So that's where that goes, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, like, and then you know you look at. I don't know, pictures of puppies? Pictures of puppies or something. It's it's almost Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bing Crosby or something. I don't know. Uh, You just have to, like, focus on the lights and then kind of deal with it. And, and like, as it affects you. And, I mean, obviously you have to be forward-looking in a way. But, like, to remain in a mental stability, (laughs) a place of mental stability, I think it's best to just... And maybe that's why people, like you know, looking at their own community and kind yeah. of integrating that stuff in their own. But, I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if there's, like, a full solution. Like, like I said, you can't always end on a happy note. Yeah, the solution's tough, and it's long, but there's always good things in the world. Mm-hmm. There's not, it's not totally bleak. Yeah. There is nice things. Mountains so, are nice. Is it, what are? Mountains. Mountains. <laughs> the smell after Mountains. a rain. That's the nice. The smell after a rain. You know? Good old mud, freshly mud. Oh, 100%. The, uh, <laughs> when the leaves are just turning, you uh, know what I mean, as you're entering into fall. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a specific one. Yeah, it's really like nice, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is a nice one. 100%. Thought. All right. Uh, I think uh, it's a good place to wrap up. I don't know if you have anything else you want to, like, recommend or like shout out or you know whatever if you have any plugs <laughs> uh well i i don't know i'll plug what i think is the best album the best album that yeah came out this I year like that. just throw it on top end of the decade some... why not it's just some music recommendations yeah this man actually his music taste is insane he listens to so much music i, I think i'm all right, I think <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. but uh in my opinion best record to come out in 2019 um if you're a fan of like pretty much rock but like specifically punk um this uh, canadian punk band uh pup so uh, p-u-p oh yeah yeah, yeah they came cool. out with an album called morbid stuff yeah scorpion hill dude yeah yeah it's and it's song. it's like it's you know it has slower parts it mm-hmm. has harder parts it it makes some real funny like tongue-in-cheek kind of commentary yeah. on like relationships and the world around and it's kind of angsty but the lead singers talk kind of kind of rhythm i don't know yeah. there's something it's really like his energy it. behind yeah. it i think yeah, and it's it's kind of accessible. If you're not a huge fan of, like, punk, if you're thinking, like, yeah. I don't know, some real screaming stuff, that's not what it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of grittier. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, rock. There's a little of, bit like, of edge crunch. to it, but it's it, it's not bad. I think most people could find at least one song they like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I did. Yeah, yeah. Scorpion Hill. 100%. And, uh, Full Blown Meltdown. I really yeah. like that song. Full Blown Meltdown. That's just, like, that one's hard, but, like, <laughs> it's, like, I, it's, like, a good heart. I think, yeah. I think yeah. so. Knock your socks off. But, yeah, dude, that's a good, yeah, good, good way to... Good way to wrap her up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents. It was Adam Mott. 
and again, really fun guy, but you know, we, we talked about the relationship between mobs and uh, gangs, and what it really comes down to is just the drugs, and that really got me thinking that, you know, drugs is a big connecting factor for not only gangs, but, but people as well, you know, could be viewed as bad, could be viewed as good, just, just a fact, just a fact that I'm throwing out there, and uh, yeah, there's just something to think about, I guess, I don't know, thanks for listening, okay, bye.